This is On The Radar with me, your host, Radar, episode 164. And as always, it's not just me, but I always talk about local and national sports and pop culture. And as always, let's get to the news. Rest in peace to longtime Red Sox employee Debbie Mason, who worked with the organization since 1986. Rest in peace to her. Rest in peace also to the Virginia football players who were killed, and they suspect that there was uh, a former player who killed three current players and wounded two other students on campus late Sunday night at Charlottesville, Virginia. Rest in peace to those who passed away, and hopefully the ones who were wounded get better. Rest in peace to the Iranian man inspired Steven Spielberg and Tom Hanks' film The Terminal dies at the airport. He lived for 18 years in Paris de Chagall Airport, which inspired the movie. They said he was believed to be 80 years old. They said he died from a heart attack. So rest in peace to him. And rest in peace to Coy Gibbs, the American NASCAR driver system coach with the Washington Redskins and co-owner Joe Gibbs Racing. He was obviously the son of Joe Gibbs. The Pro Football Hall of Famer and NASCAR Cup champion. He passed away age of 49. Rest in peace to him. Rest in peace to Fred Hickman, the American sportscaster who is known for working at CNN, TBS, CS, and ESPN. And he also did the African American News Cable Channel, Black News Channel. He was the original co-host of CNN Sports Tonight, where he and in general he won a New York Sports Emmy. He passed away age of 66, and he was one of the original hosts of Inside the NBA. Local Illinois person here. And I remember watching him as a kid when he did ESPN programs like SportsCenter and NBA Coast to Coast when I was younger. So, you know, rest in peace to him. He died of liver cancer. Rest in peace to Survivor contestant Roger Sexton. He passed away at 76. He after a battle of Louis body dementia. Rest in peace to Mike Adler, veteran attorney. Who represented Steven Soderbergh and Viola Davis as their lawyer? He passed away at 73. Rest in peace to screenwriter Maureen Lane Kelly. She passed away at 50. Some of her credits are known for The Mistress and The Waterloo Road. Rest in peace to Keith Levinine. The musician was known for being a fine amount of both The Clash and Public Image LTE. And he's influenced progressive rock and his musical taste after meeting with Mick Jones. They say his punk and post-punk guitar sounds have been described as both medic and discordant, sonorous and violent. He passed away at age of 65. Rest in peace to him. Rest in peace to Bud Friedman, the American actor, comedian, and is the founder and original preparator of the Improv Comedy Club. He opened in 64 in the Hell's Kitchen neighborhood of Manhattan. He was instrumental in launching the comedy careers. Of Roger Dangerfield, Richard Lewis, Robert Klein, Jay Leno, Andy Kaufman, Jimmy Walker, Stephen Landsberg, and Freddie Prince. And he, for a brief time, he managed Beth Midler. And he helped get her on The Tonight Show. He's also an actor-producer who opened improv clubs all over the country, including in California. He passed away at the age of 90. Rest in peace to him. Rest in peace to Hollywood Hillbillies reality star Mima, a.k.a. Dolores Hughes. She passed away at age of 76. Rest in peace to John Aniston, the Greek-American actor known for his role as Vic Kikarkas on The Days of Our Life. And he played continuously for seven, 37 years until his death in 
2022, he earned the Daytime Emmy for Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Drama and a Lifetime Achievement Award. And he's also famous for being Jennifer Aniston's father. He passed the age of 89. Rest in peace to him. Rest in peace to baseball outfielder Chuck Carr. The long-time, the one-time Met Cardinal Brewer Marlon Astro led the league in stolen bases in 1993. He had it finished with 144 career stolen bases. So the 254 average, 13 home runs, and the 120 RBI don't matter. It was all about speed and defense. He passed away age of 55. Rest in peace to him. The biggest death that happened this week, I know all deaths are important. The biggest death is Kevin Conroy. When I was growing up, yeah, I watched the original Batman TV show with Adam West, and I seen the Val Kilmore, Christian Bale, and Michael Keaton, and now Robert Patterson, I haven't seen yet, but has been Batman's, and I've had different voice actors voicing Batman in movies and TV shows, but Kevin Conroy will always be Batman to me, because when I close my eyes, that is what I see. He also passed away to cancer, so, so a few celebrities this past week passed away due to cancer. He, of course, voiced Batman in the animated series along with those spinoff TV movies, and that continued into Justice League and Justice League Unlimited and a few other things as well, and along with voicing Batman in Arkham and in Justice video game, which my roommate obviously loves, and he has both Injustice games, so that's something that he played, and that is, you know, you will remember this. So movies like Batman, The Mask of the Phantom, Mr. Freeze, Sub-Zero, one of my favorites, Return of the Joker, Mystery of the Batwoman, Gotham Knight, Public Enemies, Apocalypse, Justice League Doom, Just League Flashpoint Paradox, Batman Assault on Arkham, Batman vs. Robin, Batman the Killing Joke, Batman and Harley Quinn, and Just League the Fatal Five in a course. He also was in the TV show Search for Tomorrow. He had a role on Dynasty, Tour of Duty, and O'Hara, these shows that only lasted one season. Cheers, he did a few episodes. He did a voice in Captain Planet. He actually was in something called The Office. He did a voice in Johnny Quest, another show I watched. And, of course, Batman Beyond. He voiced Bruce Wayne in a thing called the Zeta Project. And, of course, The Batman. He voiced a character, John Grayson. Voiced a character in Ben 10 show, The Venture Bros, Brave and the Bold. A bunch of these DC shorts. Teen Titans Go, Scooby-Doo, and Guess Who. And then... Using the Crisis on Infinite Earths episode along with He-Man Master. And it wasn't the greatest role. His role on the, you know, Crisis on Infinite Earths. He was playing an old, you know, bitter Batman in a suit and stuff. And it wasn't really what we were hoping for. Then he obviously voiced Batman in Adventures of Batman and Robin. Batman Vengeance. Max Payne. Batman Rise. Batman Assault Arkham, DC Universe Online, Arkham City, Arkham City Lockdown, Injustice, Gods Among Us, Infinite Crisis, Arkham Knight, Arkham Underwood, Batman Virtual Reality, Injustice 2, Lego DC Super Villain, Multiverse, and he even did some theater roles. So this dude was one of the most talented people. And I was hoping that Bruce Tim would make a movie based on Batman Beyond, have him voice it. Or... Just continue to make these DC animated movies that don't have any continuity, but they are in the style and the animation of Justice League and the Batman Superman series. But it will not be as he as he passed away from cancer. Rest in peace to him. And happy trails to Blake Martinez. A very interesting one, a 28-year-old football player in the prime of his career who led the league in tackles in 2017. 
would retire. The former Packer, Raider, and Giant announced his retirement this week. He finished with 13 sacks, 7 or 6 total tackles, 4 fumbles, 3, fours, three fumble recoveries, 4 interceptions, and 22 pass deflections. So just interesting to see someone that young announce his retirement from professional sports. For those who are interested, the new version of the match is not going to be any NBA players match with golf players. They just decided we're going to take Tiger Woods, the greatest, pretty much people think the greatest golfer ever, with young stars Roy McIlroy, Justin Thomas, and Jordan Spieth. For those who are interested, NBA announced their city edition jerseys. And I will say this, don't get the, the Hornets one. CLT, maybe that's the that's the airport designation, but it looks inappropriate. The Brooklyn Nets just looks like scribble. Celtics is okay. Atlanta, it's aight. The Bulls is pretty boring. Cleveland's just says the land. Dallas is just way too blocky. Denver's, eh. Detroit's green, which, eh, I don't really get it. Warriors have a weird golden rose on it. Knicks is just interesting colors. Noel looks pretty good. Minnesota's boring white with stripes. Milwaukee has an odd blue jersey. Miami has weird block letters. They should have just kept the old Miami vice. Memphis is okay. Lakers is just white and, and purple. Clippers is just black. It's just not that great. Pacers is weird with the blue. And then a weird square for the black. Houston is cool. It's a little bit of throwback. Thunder. Yeah, I don't really know. Red, blue, and black. And then the Magic looks like the regular jerseys. Phoenix, I don't get it. It's green and black. That's not the colors. Oh, that's not Phoenix. It's Portland. It is, I don't know. Looks weird. Phillies have brotherly love, which is an interesting thing to go with. Sacramento's kind of gray and purple like they usually are. The Spurs... I don't really get the turquoise. The Raptors are going with that Drake logo of the golden black. The Washington is again is going some weird like rose pink jersey. And the Phoenix Suns, they got this turquoise blue of the sun. I don't I don't get it. And football news: Attorney General Car Racing of D.C. is suing the commander's owner for colluding to deceive district residents, the heart of the commander's fan base, about an investigation into toxic workplace environment. So that's just more and more stuff that should just say Dan Snyder should just say goodbye and uh, sell this team. And NFL president J.C. Treader has called for the meter place in a ban of slip from turf. He said it's been hurting a bunch of players. So that's another issue the NFL has to worry about. And in baseball news, former Dodgers star Yasiel Puig pleads guilty to lying in a legal gambling probe. I don't know why this dude who hasn't been in the big leagues in a while decided, you know what? I'm going to lie to to prosecutors and, and law enforcement. Yeah, that's really good. So I don't know what's going to go on there. More fallout from there. Albert Pujols has a role with the Angels. Supposedly in his contract. And he's supposedly going to work with like minor leaguers. And in Dominic. So that's pretty cool. So that's interesting. The question is, did they block him from working with the Cardinals players? Because... He was still technically being paid by the Angels. I don't know. We'll find out. This year's Hockey Hall of Fame class was pretty stacked. Roberto Luongo, the Sandin brothers, both getting in at the same time. I didn't know that you can get both twin brothers in at the same time. Daniel Alfage's son, Rikias, and Ricky, Rikia Salian is the first European woman to ever be inducted in the Hall of Fame. That is impressive. Herb Carnegie, again, legendary guy that they didn't vote in a while ago. And let's get to some football news. Philip Lindsay has officially been cut. Jason Verrett. He 
towards Achilles after the year. Renfro and Darren Waller just keep helping the Raiders stink by them being in, going to the injured reserve. Michael Dogby, Dogwale was cut. Chris Boswell, the kicker of the Steelers, he's gone to injured reserves. The Steelers got replying a new kicker. And Jerry Tilly was cut, but the Raiders picked him up. Shaquille Leonard officially gone on the injured reserve, but he had back surgery. He's going to be out for the rest of the year. Colts don't really go anywhere, so it doesn't matter. A.J. Painter was cut. Eric Stoll's gone injured reserve. Donnie Jacobs gone injured reserve with Achilles. Will Jackson gone injured reserve. Damon and the Cameron Dane series old injured reserve. Minka Fitzpatrick got his appendix removed, so that is why he missed the game, so that's interesting. Defensive end Isaac Rochelleur was cut. Eric McKay's gone injured reserve. Tom Brady's now 4-0 outside of the country, winning the game in Germany after winning in Mexico and UK. Yeah, so it's pretty impressive for Tom Brady to be 4-0 out of the country because the NFL's only recently been playing games overseas. Is obviously, of course, you know they've been playing in England, and they've been and they now you know obviously they did the Mexico game. So of course, to play overseas is interesting because of course, the NFL is looking into doing this more and more and more. So of course. He's just continuing to continue to show how much he can be better than everyone else. And also, speaking of that, the NFL is looking to have games in in Spain and France for those who are interested. Justin Fields has the most yards by quarterback in NFL history in Spain of like those five games. Two had three straight touchdowns in three straight games, joining Dan Marino. I'm on St. Brown of the Lions. Having these receptions, the most in the first 20, is uh, the most receptions, 135 plus. There's only been 11 players, the most in the first 25 games of his career, which is pretty impressive. Amanda Ogilvy towards triceps, so he's out for the year, injured reserve. Bears have now become the first team to lose three straight games while scoring 29 plus. That's what happens when you trade some of your best defensive players, and your offense is good, you're just not going to be able to do that. Ido Benjamin was cut by the Cardinals, which was surprising. He was pretty good. Bad news for the Cardinals. Zach Ertz, one of the best tight ends in all football, has gone to injured reserve. Baker Mayfield's going to be taking over the starting quarterback role in Carolina for those who are interested. And with Fields, 100-yard rushing yards and two-plus rushing and two throwing his first game to do that in a long time, to do all of that with the rushing yards, the passing touchdown, and the, throw, and the rushing touchdown. Cooper Cup has an ankle injury. And he's going to have surgery. So, including me, huge fan of him personally and a fantasy. I'm going to lose the best player on my team for the rest of the year. And Diego Obama's gone to the injured reserve. Christian Covington as well. Khalil Herbert for the Bears. They lost him. He's going to injured reserve. Edo Benjamin, who just was cut by the Cardinals, the Texans picked him up off waivers. Caleb Firelay's going to injured reserve. G.D. Westbrook has signed a deal with the Green Bay. And... Jacob Eason is the latest player to join the 49ers. Shaquille Leonard officially had back surgery. 
Dallas Goddard has a shoulder injury, so the Eagles lose their tight end. He's going to be out for a couple of games. And Antonio Callaway is going to Dallas, for those who are interested. And we had 14 30-point scores in most in one day in NBA recently. Vince Carter's going to be calling games or analyzing games for the Magic, which is cool. The Heats Arena, which was named the FTX, has gone bankrupt. So they're going to be looking for new potential buyers. And a horn site wants to do it, as we mentioned in years past. They keep trying to do that. Kenneth Faree trying to get back in the NBA, sign a G League deal with the Austin Spurs. The Fever links the Dream of the Mystics will be the draft order after the draft lottery happened. Kate Cunningham's going to miss four games with a shin injury. Congratulations, Andre Drummond, and getting 10K points. The 52nd center to ever do that. And be at an impressive stat line of 59 points, 11 rebounds, 18 assists, and 7 blocks. He and Steph got players of the week, and because they weren't really tracking blocks, you really don't know if Will Chamberlain and other players did that, but see, no one's ever done that. Andre Aiden has got 4,000 career points. Congratulations to him. And as we mentioned before, some of these NBA players and some of these football players, if they can't play the sport, they're going to go into music. Well, Miles Bridges announced that he's going to be releasing a rap album because of all the, all the domestic stuff. No one's picking him up on, its, on a contract. So you know what? Try to come out of the record. It doesn't mean it's going to be a good thing. And in WNBA coaching news, Eric Thiebaud has become the mystic assistant as his father, Mike, is stepping down as the head coach. He is the most wins in WNBA history, but he's going to stay on as GM. So, you know, he decided, I don't really want to go through the day-to-day operations of being a head coach because he's done a pretty done good job, and he could probably make it into the NBA, in the Professional Basketball Hall of Fame, no matter what. So happy trails to him. Baseball news, if you're checking out, check on On The Radar YouTube channel. My movie reviews are all up there. So are my weekly baseball observations during the regular season and when it's the offseason. I talk about all the offseason moves. It's a pretty long one because it was the first week. So there was a lot of things that happened. And yeah, follow me on Twitter, Radar4428, or the blog account, Radar4428, a blogger. But as I was saying... Jake Odorizzi, who the Astros traded at the deadline, who technically will get a World Series ring because he spent most of the year with them, but traded to Atlanta, right? So Atlanta then turned around and traded him to Texas for Kobe Allard. One year, small world. Kobe Allard is a former Braves prospect, okay? So maybe Atlanta will actually start this guy because one of the things that Texas was doing last year was not starting real starting pitchers and doing a lot of bullpen games, and they could have just started him. That's probably the need that you get a guy like Odorizzi East inning, so that makes sense. Congratulations to Aaron Judge and Paul Goldsmith winning the Hank Aaron Award for the best offensive player in each league. Hopefully that's a sign of them winning MVP. Justin Verlander officially opted out. Also mentioned G-Man Choi got traded to the Pirates, but then he had elbow surgery. The Pirates didn't really have a first baseman last year, so that makes sense there. John Jay and just interesting coaching hire, joining his buddy Kip Schumacher. In, Mar- in the Marlins roster, uh, coaching staff as a first base coach. The Twins announced we have a new logo. I don't really know what they can do. It's been TC or M. It's whatever. Clayton Kershaw, though, decided to stay with the Dodgers. It makes sense because if he were going to go anywhere, he would have gone to Texas a while ago. Interesting baseball story. The Astros offered a one-year deal to their GM, James Click, but he turned it down, so they said, you're not going to come back to us, and we'll fire your assistant. So the Astros let their GM, the assistant GM, go, and they've lost a lot of us. Front office people and scouting people joining other teams, so I don't know what's going to happen there. 
Nolan Arenado and Jose Trevino won the Platinum Award. I always knew Trevino was a good defensive catcher, but when you play him on a regular basis, this is what happened. And, of course, Daniel Arenado is going to top him. Kevin Long, the hitting coach of the Phillies after the incredible run of the World Series, got an extension, which makes sense. And Omar Lopez and Joe Spotter staying with the Astros after they won the World Series because he didn't get his uh, managing gig. Paul Hoover's the Kansas City bench coach, which is interesting. The Cubs officially have released Jason Hayward. He officially, you know, in one year he got, they decided to let him go. Caroline O'Connor has now been hired as a baseball president operation for the Marlins, for those who are interested. The Nationals cut Seth Romero due to DWI issue. No policy, I guess. And rookies of the year officially have gone to Michael Harris and Julio Rodriguez. I don't think a lot of people would have picked Michael Harris at the beginning of the season. They picked a bunch of other people, but disappointing seasons from other rookies, and he got called up and was on fire. And even though Julio Rodriguez missed time with injury this year, and you had guys like Bobby Witt, and you had guys like Adelie Rushman and Stephen Kwan, for example, he was above and beyond better than because he was an all-star. Mets have hired Jeff Albert, who the Cardinals fired, to be the director of hitting. And Buck Showalter and Terry Francona both won manager of the year. I personally thought Seattle making the playoffs for the first time in all these years. John Schneider taking the Blue Jays to the playoffs after, you know, Monteo was fired. Orioles having a reasonable record this year that Brandon Hyde probably should have won it. But I'm not going to knock on one of the greatest managers of all time, Terry Francona. And even though the Mets blew it, I don't think really the Dodgers and the Padres deserved it. I'm sorry to Phillies Rob Thompson, but he wasn't even a nominee. And, uh... The Yankees and the Cardinals have won the team award for gold gloves. I don't understand that because the Yankees played Aaron Judge out of position a lot this year in center field. They put a lot of infielders in the outfield. And, you know, I just, and Isaiah, Isaiah kind of fell left as a catcher playing shortstop. Like, I never felt like they were great. The Cardinals, on the other hand, Arenado, Tommy Edmond, Paul DeYoung, Nolan Gorman, all these other guys, and Donovan, they played good defense. Goldschmidt's a good defender. Tyler O'Neill. Dylan Carlson, they've all won gold gloves, even though Carlson was playing center field. And they, of course, had Yanni Molina, so the Cardinals made sense. Jack Peterson officially accepted his qualifying offer along with Martin Perez. They both had all-star seasons. I don't know why they wouldn't go somewhere and cash out and get a lot of money because Perez has battled injuries. I would have done that with an injury history that you've had. And for Jack Peterson, he keeps going on from team to team every year. A multi-year deal would be good for him to stay in one spot. Anthony Rizzo obviously declined the Yankees deal, but it's still re-signed on a, on a deal. You know, Anthony Rizzo, you know, he left the Yankees, but he officially re-signed, and they're going to pay him a lot of money. So that's good for them. They got that solidified going into next year. Angels, after the whole Michael Lorenzen and Noah Syndergaard and whatnot with all the pitching moves they made last year, those didn't really work out. A lot of the starting pitchers they signed, including Lorenzen, got hurt, and Syndergaard, and they traded him. So they said, let's give Tyler Anderson a three-year deal. This back-end pitcher who's bounced from team to team to team who only pitched for the Dodgers because of injury, yeah, let's give him a bunch of money. That's who you spend the money on? No, it's not front-line starting pitching. And Vinny Castillo got elected in the Baseball Hall of Fame in Mexico. Congratulations to him. He is one of the greatest players in Mexico's history. Interesting thing across from City Field, the New York City Football Club is going to be building a stadium across, this, across the way. It's cool that multi-sports complexes near each other. And then in golf news, Roger Maltaby and Gary Cock are out at NBC Sports for golf, for those who are fans of that. And the players who didn't accept the qualifying offers, obviously, were Judge, because he's going to make a lot of money. This shortstop market of Trey Turner, Xander Bogart, 
and Dansby Swanson. Starters like DeGrom, Rondon, Chris Bassett, Nathan Valdi, and Nimmo and Contreras. But of course, as I mentioned, Rizzo and Tyler Anderson did not because they actually went somewhere else. And now the Silver Sluggers, which obviously you can check out my website, underratermedia.com or on the entertainment blog. I uh, predicted who I thought, and I, my biggest issue was there was way too many people on the list that did it. And I was a little bit confused why, you know, they had way too many, they had way too many options. It was way too many. So obviously for me at first base, I thought Guerrero Jr. had the best year, but I gave it to Nathaniel Lowe, which is not a big deal. Paul Goldschmidt, I was right on that. And Altuve and Jeff McNeil, well, I was right about that again. So I got those two right. Bogarts and Trey Turner were the shortstops that won it. I had Bo Bichette, no offense to Alexander Bogarts, and I'm a Red Sox fan at heart, and that's where I got that wrong. And with the shortstop in the National League, I went with Francis Lindor, so I got that wrong. Jose Ramirez and Nolan Arenado at third base, which is basically what I had, so that was correct there. And then they gave a judge, Julio Rodriguez, and Mike Trout. Problem is, they gave it to two center fielders and a right fielder. What I had in the American League was Mike Trout in center, Judge in right, and Reyes Arena in left field because he split time all over the outfield because they didn't really do the actual each position, which I think is stupid. They should just say it's the three best outfielders. Mookie Betts, Kyle Schrober, and Juan Soto. I had Mookie Betts, Brandon Nimmo, and Kyle Schrober because I went with an actual center fielder because they just went with two right fielders and one left fielder. Alejandro Kirk and JT Ramuto. I went with Cal Riley. I thought he had a better year, but I got right on the JT Ramuto. Jordan Alvarez and Josh Bell wanted a DH. I thought Jordan Alvarez should have won it, and he did. I also thought, based on all the DHs, that I thought Albert Pujols had the best year in, in his uh, you know, final year. They didn't want to go with that, which was stupid. And in the American League, Luis Arai was the man without a position, and so was Brandon Jury. So obviously, the only things that I got wrong were how they did the outfield. That's number one because that's where it screwed me up. And I got the shortstops wrong with Bogarts and Turner, you know, and uh, I got one of the first basemen. So I did a, and the catcher, I got one of the catchers right, but I did a pretty good job this year on the, the catching, on the Silver Slugger predictions. Bruce Springsteen this week is taking over tonight's show by doing a lot of uh, musical and guest appearances. This was after, like, Colbert had a bunch of residents like Je- Joe Walsh and James Taylor do it. Whoopi Goldberg, Cedric the Entertainer, and Edward James Olmos are going to be working in a new project together, and that's where you're just like, that's a lot of talented actors all working into one project. So they're going to be in this thing called Outlaw. So it's going to be cool to watch that. Eagle Eye and Mastermind are two new shows that potentially are going to be Maybe picked up for pilots at CBS. Look out for those. Chris Rock will be the first comedian to ever do a live comedy show on Netflix. Everyone to watch. And this thing called Foul is a new for season two at Hulu. Mandy Moore is joining Twin Flames for a post This Is Us project. Rain Wilson changed his name to Rainfall Wilson Heat Wave Extreme Weather, which obviously I don't know what it is.
So yeah, I don't know what, I know he's trying to make something, but it's like, I don't get it. It just makes, oh, that's where it just makes no sense for him to go ahead and do that. Oh, it's called This Fool. Obviously, I can't read. Okay, and then this uh, Fan Anthony Dale dude is going to be joining the resident as a new love interest, you know, for Billy because they went through the whole thing. Yeah, Ian Anthony Dale, Y50. They did the whole thing that were Conrad, even though he hated this woman, despised her. And then put up with her when Nick was dealing with her medical stuff and when the baby and stuff. And then, obviously, she was really supposed to be replacing Mina Okafor. Now she's technically replacing, you know, Nick Nevin in the show. So I was like, okay, I can deal with that. No one really liked her, not a lot of people. But obviously, without Morris Chestnut as the brain surgeon, they need someone talented. But it's good to give her a love interest because the whole... Conrad hating her and her best friend being his ex, uh, his wife. It's like, I always thought that was really, really stupid to do that. Chrissy Metch is going to be in this thing called Help Me Rhonda, which, you know, I know is a Beach Boy song, but it's definitely somebody wrote a book. Ashley Tizzle is going to be in a show on CBS called Brutally Honest, which is somewhat based on a real life. CBS keeps coming up with great ideas, but I want to say this, though. Fire Country... So Help Me Todd and East New York have been really good quality programs. If you want to get rid of the crappy show Equalizer, oh, well, you can't. You're good for two years. Go right ahead. If you want to cancel one of the NCIS shows, go right ahead. If you want to cancel Blue Bloods, go right ahead. I don't care. If you want to cancel CSI, go right ahead. Just don't cancel SWAT, the FBI franchise. And, yeah, you can add whatever you want to add. But it's nice to actually Tizzle's going to be back on television. She's had a few shows since Sweet Love is Zach and Cody High School Musical. But it's nice to see her doing something else. And CBS also announced NCIS is going to have a three-episode crossover event in January. You know, L.A., regular, and Hawaii. Clive Stratton is joining the morning show. Those know him. He played the young Liam Neeson in The Taken Show. And Hannah Waldingham is going to be joining Fall Guy. And Everything is Trash was canceled at Freeform, which makes sense because it sounds like a bad show. And Margie Robbo's female-centric Pirates of the Caribbean, which they've done female-centric Ghostbusters, female-centric Ocean's Eleven. They want to do a female-centric Pirates of the Caribbean. Well, she said they're not going forward with it, which is fine by me. It's not a real loss. Hopefully, Jay Leno, as much as I don't like him for screwing over Conan and thought he was annoying on Last Man Standing, he had a gasoline fire, so hopefully he's good and recovered from that. Nicole Playson is joining the Criminal Minds show revival for those who are fans of that. Hulu announced they're adding 14 live channels, including like Hallmark stuff and the Weather Channel, because they're trying to compete with YouTube TV with the ability to watch live TV. They're like, hey, we have all the Disney stuff that Disney owns, and we have obviously ESPN with that, so we want to give you live television. Well, you know what? That's a good idea. CFS Comedy Talk Nerdy to Me is also another thing that's being introduced, so that's another potential show coming. Lee Goodman is exiting Dancing with the Stars. For those who were fans of that franchise, that probably means a lot to you. Glenn Close and Kyle Chandler are going back in action. They're joining that. Those are two pretty good actors. Glenn Close is amazing. The Hunters at Amazon was canceled season two for those who are fans of that. And I'm really not happy that Sci-Fi doesn't understand that The Resident Alien is probably the best show they've had since either Warehouse or Sanctuary. And obviously... It's been a while since there's been a quality show since, obviously, Stargate SG-1 and Stargate Atlantis. But the Resident is so, excuse me, the Resident Alien is so clever 
with the comedy, the sci-fi, and the seriousness, and the character, that I'm a little bit annoyed that they promised a 13-episode season, and then decided they're going to go back and do an 8-episode season. Like, yeah, that... That is not what I'm a fan of. Now, CBS announced that, obviously, I mentioned that crossover episode. That's January 2nd. Don't worry, FBI's left alone. Wednesday night, though, they're going to have this Price is Right at Night and a two-hour premiere, Tough as Nails, which, again, a waste of a night for me. They're still only going to have two sitcoms starting January 5th, Young Sheldon and Ghost, with the usual Salt Me Time, Seaside Vegas, and six will be SWAT, Fire Country, Blue Blood. And eventually... They they don't show for some reason they don't show the equalizer. They said at 7:30 they're going to be showing East New York. This is Central Standard Time, and at 8:30 they're showing NCS Los Angeles. I don't know what's going to be on at nine o'clock. I don't know why they don't list that. And this thing called Lingo, which is obviously a game show, will be on January 11th. And at the usual neighborhood I have a show at NCIS NCIS Y 16th. And at kind of the 29th, they're going to have a special about Fire Country, which I mentioned before. And February 5th is the Nash is the 65th annual Grammy show, for those who know that. This thing called True Lies will debut Thursday at 9 p.m. And March 1st is when Survivor and the True Lies actually gets to be in the program. So for those who are interested in that, True Lies is the show that has... It's a spy show, and it has Steve Howey, for those who are fans of him, from Reba and a few other things, so that's going to be interesting to talk. Now, I do want to quickly get to this thing. Well, not quickly, but... If you check out OnTheRadarMedia.com or OnTheRadarEntertainment blog, which are the places to get stuff, the television reviews should pretty much all be up there right now. And um, I will get to this important because this is the first review I did and it's the one of the worst shows I've ever seen in my life. It's called Monarch. The show was basically Trace Atkins and Susan Sarandon are the kings and queens of country music. They both had their own music career. Their son went to school and he's in charge of the company, which is, you know, executive side, which is very copying of Empire with the oldest son, Andre. And she's... And she's, you know, dealing with her issues, and there's all these secrets, like a lot of soap operas, and the problem with Game Fox they had with these soap operas is they reveal all of the secrets and all the oohs and ahs, and I can't believe this. Oh, there's an illegitimate daughter, there's cheating here, there's brother-in-laws and sister-in-laws doing this with each other, and children being adopted, and all this other stuff. Super quickly and super easy, that even if they don't reveal it, you can definitely tell. Soap operas supposed to be a build-up. It's not supposed to be just throw it out there. That's one of my problems, okay? And all these secrets and things are coming to the surface, so they're like, well, destroy their legacy, and they want to, and then Susan Rana wants to, you know, keep her legacy going so far. And as I'm telling you this, why is Fox doing this every TV year? First, it was remaking Filthy Rich, which no one asked for. Then they gave us a black soap opera in the Northeast and all this crap there. Horrible. Empire... There's a one-of-a-kind show. It's really hard to replicate that. More because not just the writing or that Lee Daniels was behind this and he's a TV genius in making movies and TV shows as a whole. But it's Terrence Howard and Tragic P. Henson. You can't top that. Trace Atkins is not an actor. 
nor is the daughter playing the sister Jeezy an actress. Those are two musicians. Trace Atkins could be in some movies here and there, but he's not a real actor. Susan Sarandon is in the show in flashbacks, okay? Spoiler alert, she dies of cancer, okay? Or dying of cancer. So she's not even in the show, and the oldest daughter and the younger and the son, I don't really care. They don't really do anything for me. The show was supposed to debut this spring, which I mentioned on previous podcasts when they delayed it. I said, oh, no, not that, because I saw all these trailers for it during the football playoffs and the Super Bowl, and you're like, okay, well, not, I don't know the Super Bowl, but in the playoffs, and you're like, crap. By delaying this all the way to the fall, instead of it showing its, I don't know, 13, 18-episode run, whatever it was in the spring, and then Fox canceling it or renewing it before the upstarts, no, you have to wait all of summer for it to finally be on the air because if it was on in the spring, it would have been canceled. This show was horrible. It's the type of show I'm, I've been putting on in the background while applying for jobs in my field, seasonal retail position, working on my website, and cooking and cleaning. Like, it's not something that you need to watch with full attention, okay? But, of course, now we're stuck with it. So we have to wait till the end of this calendar year when maybe the episodes stop running in December or even January and they can finally cancel it. Okay, there's too much drama going on. When something exciting happens, you're too bored to know because you're you're like, what? Oh, something happened? I'm pretty bored. And some of the accents are horrible. They're not believable because the lead is British. And it's played, obviously, by this Anne Friel woman of Pushy Daisies and, and she's Limitless, whatever. So her attempt is bad. Like, And I give Trace Atkins for credit for acting trying to act but all he does is act tough on brutish for the show and it's hard to understand what he's saying and obviously he can actually sing and he makes it and it's a perfect venue for him to be in a country music show but it just i don't really know it's hard to understand but he does talk and it makes an impact and the family cliche of secrets cheating husbands he was unfaithful to Susan Sarandon. his own son is faithful unfaithful his son-in-law cheated on the main actress and then as i mentioned this the the son of trace atkins in the show is sleeping with his gay sister's wife and gets her pregnant. It's like they had to add a gay character, but then they had to make it that she's also she's married to a black woman, and then she's cheating on her wife with her brother-in-law. It's so fucking stupid that I'm sorry I'm swearing, but it's just stupid, horrible, horribly stupid. Okay, it just doesn't make any sense. And there's illegitimate kids always trying to take claim in the family's fortune. Adopted kids, siblings are stuck in the shadows of each other. And as I mentioned, they copying Empire with the oldest person being a CEO. And the other two are the ones who are talented. At least this Beth Ditta woman is an actual singer from a band called Gossip. But making her the token LGB character for plot is also stupid. Plus, they have this stereotypical gay makeup dude who worked for Susan Sarandon. So just throwing cliches in there. Not all gay people are like that. And Beth Ditta's not an actress. She's more of a singer. And as I mentioned... You give me all these ads with Susan Sarandon and you talk about how you've seen the show and she's not even in the show. It's flashback. She died. There's no point of watching a show if she's not in the show because she's the main reason because she's a quality actress and whatever she's in. It's similar to ABC's Big Sky where Ryan Philippe was killed and he's the main actor. The whole point is that you bring her and you draw her in and now you're stuck and she's not even in there. What's the point, okay? Some of these flashbacks and these flash forwards are confusing of if they're present or not, what's going on, so it's really stupid. I know soap opera is supposed to have to do all this drama, secret comes out, but it's confusing, it's bad to put together, they reveal things stupidly, as I mentioned, Hell Fox pulls this quickly, but problem is, no one's really pulled shoulder in this pandemic era, except for ABC's Promised Land, because it was wasting time on ABC's Airways, but I would have watched it, because it wasn't horrible, it just wasn't great. Obviously, when shows like 911 and Lone Star should be on instead, 
or they cancel some good ones to clear the airways for this, like Prodigal Son and whatnot. Clear the airways for crap like this is really stupid. Fox, stop doing soap operas and leave it to daytime television because this is one that doesn't matter no how much country music is played or the guest stars in the country music industry that they have. Okay? Thanks for listening to our edition of On the Radar. As always, we always talk about pop culture and we talk about sports. Rest in peace, everyone who passed away, everyone who's injured or dealing with something that put them in the hospital. Hopefully they all, you know, get better. Happy trails to everyone who retired. On the radar, you're going to get it at Apple, Google, or Spotify. This is episode 164. As I said, on the radarmedia.com, on the radar entertainment blog, all that stuff. Thanks for listening to On the Radar. I'm Radar. See you guys next time.